0: Hey everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Revelation Wellness Podcast. My name is Alisa Keaton, the founder of Revelation Wellness, I'm bringing you a teaching from inside my closet. I wasn't teaching anybody; I was just sitting in my closet by myself with the Lord, crying. <laughs> inside of our theme this month, Jesus is better. I have been asked to share my story of getting breast implants and removing breast implants here's what i promise you i know some of there are people that this can be polarizing i pray that we could all just come to the table i promise you that i'm going to deliver this message in just the kindest way that i can um in the kindness of the lord but with also great courage because it did take a lot of courage to do this um I was so blessed to share it with you. So I hope it blesses you. And here's what I'd ask of you. If this is blessing you, subscribe and leave a review. Every week I pick a listener or someone that leaves a review to win a love, greater than fear package. And that could be you. Mostly we just love to hear what you have to say and what we can do in any way to bless you and encourage you and strengthen you more in the Lord. All right. Well, here we go. My story with getting Breast implants, and having them removed. It is a three-part series, so again, be sure to subscribe. And thanks for leaving a a review. Peace. Deep breath and exhale. Lord, use the words of my mouth to give you much glory and much freedom on the earth. In Jesus' name. All right, you guys. This story is probably a long time coming to share with you. uh, Some of you may have followed my story a long time ago. It was actually 2015. I went public with this and uh, put it out there on the internet. And if you want to read the whole journey of why I got breast implants and, spoiler alert, why I had them removed, and I'm going to be as real and raw as honest with you as I can. The whole story leading up to getting them Removed more detail is over on the blog. You can swipe up and read the sequence if you would like. Um, But I'm coming here today to put some voice, texture, and tone around my story because testimony... Uh, The testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy, and it just—I know there are people here that are wrestling with this, and I also want to honor that there are people here who have breast—they have breast implants or they're considering breast implants. And here's what I want to just say right off the bat: no judgment, man. If there's anything we've been working on lately in this ministry, go back and listen to all the podcasts in the last three months or so. We're softening ourselves. We're being more, not so judgmental against ourselves, not so hard on ourselves, to become more curious and observing what we think and what we feel, to become a participant in what the Holy Spirit might be saying or doing, and not being so darn harsh on ourselves. So I just want to put that out there. Huge blanket statement. No judgment. Weapons down. I just want to go on this journey with you or take you on the journey if you would like to come and share share my story, and I'm going to share it as real and raw as I can. Today, I'm really going to back it up to the time pre, uh, pre, I guess, some um, yeah, pre-Jesus, probably. Actually, not pre, but kind of at the same time that um, the gospel was, I was hearing the gospel, um, what compelled me to get implants. So here's the story. Oh, sorry, I forgot to turn my notifications off. In um I was very much in the fitness industry from 19 in the starting in the 80s, <laughs> 1985 if you read the Wellness Revelation the book, I tell you a little bit of story of how I started. The Lord used fitness and wellness, moving my body, man, it was therapy for me in a time that I didn't know that I I needed it I needed it in my 14 year old body my home life was pretty rough and bumpy and you know you're becoming of age you're looking around trying to figure out what's beauty who says really I think for most women are our, our lie or permeating fear is will anyone love me will someone choose me am I seen am I valuable am I worth it Um, and I was feeling that at age 14 and fitness became a wonderful, (laughs) thank you, God, um, tool vehicle or something I could use. And my body started responding pretty well to it. Uh, and I became a fitness professional, went deep into the industry. I mean, I was young, so I can't say deep, but I was in, I liked it. I liked helping people to transform. And I liked watching my body transform. I did fitness shows, weightlifting competitions, not weightlifting, bodybuilding competitions. I can't stand lifting weights, side note. (laughs) I do it because I have to. And I know it's good for me. Um, But yeah, I really went in. And you know why I went in? Because somebody told me that I would be good at it. So I decided to go further in to make my body my... um, my project. And hey, it will respond, you can do some exercises and change your diet. And depending on your genetics, and I've got some genetics to respond to weightlifting to any any type of movement or um, energy expenditure, my body would respond. So I got into that type of culture in the fitness world, as well as being a personal trainer, a group fitness instructor, a program director, like I was in And with all the things that I could change with my body, I could get more ripped in my abs or I could get more striations in my quadriceps or make my back muscles more defined, you know, you you could get some change. Well, there's one thing I couldn't change and that was the chest area. I was not going to get any bigger there. If anything, I got more small. I got smaller and smaller and definitely more um, muscular in that area. And that's just, that's bottom line truth. And I remember watching a lot of people you know, doing competitions because in the 90s, fitness competitions were taking off. I don't know if they're that, I guess they still happen now, but they were really big in the 90s. Um, it was no longer bodybuilding for women, bodybuilding, um, it was very normal to see bodybuilders bodybuilding for women where, I mean, women had no chest. They just had pectoral muscles, but in the fitness competition, it started looking more feminine and more, it wasn't so much about being, trying to have a man's body or as much muscle as possible. It was about symmetry, symmetry, man, if that's not a word right there, symmetry, so balancing out your body um I had muscles that could get bigger but the one part of me that couldn't get bigger was that part of my body and it just became one of those taunting things that you'd look in the mirror you'd put on your bathing suit or whatever and it just there it was like no matter what I do now remember my my eyes and my heart and my affections were on control control of me and trying to feel more in control in a world that felt pretty uncertain and unsafe I mean I look back now and I can see that I didn't know that then but I know that now I can see that I was really scared and wanting to know if I was worth it of course my heart was always looking to be loved and in a young woman's mind you cannot help but think you've got to have the look to be loved there is a look to be loved. Right? And that is like this thing, you this treadmill, this never-ending treadmill that you get on and try to go after. That there definitely is a look to be loved. And if I could just get the look. I wasn't looking inside of me. I didn't have anyone to teach me how to look inside of me. So mamas with daughters, you're doing a good job. Keep telling your daughters what you see, pulling out the gold in them, like telling them who they are, value, worth, identity, start so deep. And I didn't have any of that. So I was getting my identity and value and worth from the outside in. And it was working. I had trophies. I had clients. I had some income. I was getting success on a smaller scale. And I had some goals. Like I was going to, I remember writing down that I was going to have, I can't even remember what the what the number or the um. Letters were that stood for national something competition. And I kind of said, I am going to take first place in this category by this date. I remember writing it down, which I'm really big on writing things down, but I could never get anywhere in the fitness competition because I didn't have a backhand spring. That's a whole nother story. I actually enrolled in a gymnastic class with like eight year olds to try and learn a back handspring because part of the fitness competition was you had to perform a three minute all out, very, um, gymnastic sports like routine. They were fabulous and pretty spectacular. And I didn't have a back handspring. And you know what? I took classes and I could never learn a back handspring. And i look back down like that was the Lord's mercy. Because had I learned, I probably would have gone really um, a lot further. So I couldn't change my body, couldn't do it as hard as I tried in that area. And I began to see, and I think the 90s was probably a time when implants were really making um, a mark, especially in the fitness world, especially now you're starting to see symmetry happen. A market for symmetry, a place to display your symmetry if you're in a fitness show, um, and it just seemed like that's gonna have to happen. If I'm going to be this person in this realm, at some point I'm probably going to want to do that or not only about want need to do it. I didn't have the money. I didn't know how to do that. I didn't know but it wasn't going anywhere. And if anything, there the implants were going in at a larger and faster pace. So fast forward, I get married. Um, I am, my husband meets me as I am, as a fitness instructor, um, you know, working out her body. But I didn't have that part of my body enhanced at the time we got married. About a year into marriage or so, um, maybe it was more like, no, it was probably like two years into marriage, um, 2010, um, sorry, 2010. 2000. In the year 2000, I had enough money saved. Like I had some money as a personal trainer. Again, in California, I'm doing really well. I can help people get results. I loved helping people transform on the outside. Uh, But I still had this longing and this ache. Now, here's what's interesting. At the same time, Jesus entered my life because my life on the inside was wrecking. It was shipwrecking. On the outside looked good. On the inside, I was kind of needing my husband to love me and all these things. It was just our marriage wasn't good. Things were falling apart just tension stress my husband's working i mean it's the first year of marriage and y'all know that's just a big huge learning curve two broken people coming together to to make one whole union that takes time and it was not going well and i remember thinking if i it's time i think that this will make me happy i felt still empty and i wanted to have Something that felt more, would make me feel more whole. And my husband, we were, marriage wasn't good at that time. I wasn't going, like, there was no Jesus. But about the time that Jesus entered my life, I went to church and I'd heard the mess. I was starting to hear it, but I still had affections in me for things of the world, right? It just, it took, it takes time in a sense for some and it was I was hearing the message in my heart my head my heart was receiving it but the it wasn't taking root there wasn't anything flourishing it that takes time and I was learning I was taking baby steps I didn't have any mentors I mean I was just groping my way to figure it out but it was definitely this relief that God is with me that he knows my story that he I'm not alone I think that alone place was just starting to get met and in now Jesus with me I kind of thought kind of saddled up next to Jesus and was like hey I'm thinking I want to get some implants and I didn't feel any like whoa don't do this like there was no whoa but I will say there was a client that I had and her name is Lisa Lisa if you're listening you know who you are um there was a client I had and she was a, a of jesus follower um kind woman friend for sure because you tend to become friends with your clients when you are training them you know three times a week and hearing their life stories and that's really where i began to see wow this is there there's more to these people than just wanting to shave off five pounds or ten pounds they really have aches and wants and longings and desires just like me I remember telling Lisa, and I didn't tell many of my clients that I was going to be going away, (laughs) going to be gone for a few weeks, and that I let Lisa know that I was going to be getting some implants. And I remember, I'll never forget, she was sitting on the shoulder press machine, the Cybex shoulder press machine, leaning back in her red top, (laughs) And her hands are up on the bars, and I tell her, and she's about to push her hands up onto the bar and reach up with her shoulder press. And she fin- she doesn't even finish, she just goes halfway up and puts it down and leans into me. <laughs> and with really loving eyes, said, You don't have to do that. And I said, I know yeah, I know. She said, you're so amazing as you are. (laughs) I look back now and that was such a kind moment. And that was just, just the loving seed of the Lord to say, you don't have to do that. And it wasn't condemning. It wasn't shaming. It wasn't anything, but hey, I hear you and I see you and you don't have to do that. But I couldn't hear it, right? My heart was set. And so I told her, yeah, I know. And she was like, okay, I'll be praying for you. And I went off. I came back home to Arizona where there was a, a surgeon here that was well known. And I paid paid a pretty penny. And I can remember the morning that I was going to get the implants that as we're driving. And my husband was driving me. I told my husband and he's like, well, okay, okay. <laughs> Um, and I do remember two things. One, when I had my consultation with the doctor that he did say to me, and that there's split arguments on this, but he did say, this doctor is a well-known doctor, doctor, you, I mean, he just does only good job, like he has good report. And so I respect what he was saying. And he said, hey, so yeah, these great. Here's what the size although You know, here's what it's going to look like. And he just said, just want to make sure you know that it is, um, it is standard protocol that the implants need to be changed every 10 years. <laughs> I'm like, kind of like the tires to a car. Like, wait, so what? Like, I didn't know that. And he's like, yeah, no, who knows? Maybe there are people that say that's not true. I don't know. But I will say it's a foreign object in your body probably something to consider if it needs to be changed out some people may say i don't get my knee replacement changed out okay but this also has something that can leak and have you know it's a forward foreign floating object in your body which is why muscle tissue and scar tissue can form around it cause some capsular contraction like there are some things that can go wrong But to be wise and safe, and it's made sense, like, okay, in 10 years, I'll have to change these out. And so that stuck with me, like, these aren't permanent. And then the second thing, as I was driving to the hospital to begin the procedure that morning, my husband in the car driving, and it was kind of quiet, I remember just going, you don't have to do this, like, that you don't have to do this was there, not maybe maybe it was cold feet, whatever it was, it was, I just, mm, I was nervous and it stuck with me. And then the, also the fact that this is going to be temporary. I just had a sense in a way that, that even just the doctor planting that in me, it meant, okay, we can do this, but it's going to be temporary. And so I had the surgery done. And if anyone has had that done, you know, you wake up You go, you know, lights out. They draw on you, the markers show where it's going to happen. You meet the doctor, and they give you the anesthesia, anesthesia, and you're out. I remember waking up in the recovery room, and you know, you're you're. And to be fair, I'm also excited. It's like you're going to get a new toy, right? You're going to get a new present. It's like the new, the thing that you have been thinking, the look to be loved is about to happen, (laughs) and it's going to be on me. It's going to be in me. It's going to be with me, and I nobody can take it away from me. And as I woke up in the recovery, I remember just looking down to see what was there. And it was this like, huh, hmm. <laughs> it wasn't for me, it wasn't yippee or, oh my gosh, I love them. Some people, you know, I've heard a lot of people that actually go, they regret, they regret, they go immediately, oh, I went too small or oh, I went too big. Isn't that crazy? Like immediately... <laughs> like to feel like you still didn't land the look to love like oh wicked wicked right especially you just had surgery like be kind to you and for me it was more like well there they are almost like if you were to take two velcro items and just stick them to your chest like there they are now i'll be i'll be really honest went home the healing happens and it was it was nice like it was like hey Look, my my tops are filled out more, or there's there it is. There's the thing that I thought is going to to satisfy. And I don't know satisfaction is the word I would use, but there was a sense of um, maybe pleasure, maybe. Um, but I also know this. for me, intimacy with my husband after that, which I thought would be like. Woo-hoo, you know whatever I actually felt a little more for me I felt a little more disconnected because I knew that I was presenting something that wasn't me for me now part of it remember he knew me without my implants and now he's seeing me with implants. <laughs> so it's like who is this person what's this costume and there was always a sense of um even in those intimate places that um, I don't know. Like it just, I don't know. Here's what I can tell you: It didn't hit it. <laughs> it didn't um like become the be on all be all end all. It didn't make take our marriage to the next level. It didn't keep me from idolizing love and needing to be more. It didn't do uh, anything other than I could fill out a top. <laughs> Oh, a cemetery. Uh, It's in cemetery. That's great. Good. Okay. And I just went on with my life. I had children. Had my son. Um, I was. I sometimes people ask, can you breastfeed with implants? Um, My doctor told me that I would be able to. My implants were put in through my um, armpits. Like there was a little slit that was there, and they kind of rolled it up like a tobacco and a, a. yeah I guess a cigar and put it in there unroll it fill it and it's supposed to not interrupt your milk ducts well when I had my son I did have a hard time breastfeeding I could breastfeed but it was hard I didn't I always wonder like I always hear of these women they're like oh my gosh I can't even shut it off it's flowing all the time I wasn't that it didn't flow Um, my my son was pretty fussy, hard to breastfeed. It was just hard. Breastfeeding was not my jam. I don't know if it would have been different had I not had the implants, but let's just say that whole area was not functioning the way I've fought. And I had my daughter, same thing. Breastfeeding was a little easier with her, but still she was, it was not, not great. And I went on with my life, continued to be a trainer and do the role of the fitness and wellness professional. But Jesus was moving in and he was taking up more and more space. So a question I look back and I have to ask myself is, was shame a part of my reason for getting these implants and I would you know shame I love I think it's Brene Brown who has said it I'm sure it's been written by other people that shame doesn't say you've done something wrong shame says you are wrong so was shame part of me getting implants 100% (laughs) I look back now and I I know because right something kept telling me you're not right you don't have the right look to be loved You don't have it, so keep going after it. And, you know, friends, I honestly, up until maybe about three years ago, I would have never said that I struggle with shame. I had, I would just say I'd struggle with fear and anger, but shame? I couldn't see it, but now, man, you know, it's this kindness thing that the Lord's been doing and just softening because fear and anger, they're really edgy. They're very tough-edged, where shame is, it exposes, it feels kind of wimpy and sad It's connected definitely to sadness. Um, I don't know those emotions really well because I didn't ever give myself space to know or feel them. So did shame have anything to do with me getting implants? Absolutely. Um, and I really think that at the core of every woman, this is the battle we we fight is that this, am I enough for someone to choose me? Body shame is affecting us all the time in higher quantities than ever before. Did you know that we currently, you you see on a minimum 4,000 ads a day? Some would even say 10,000 ads a day. And I, it really depends kind of on your vocation and what you do. If you're in front of a computer or if your phone is always in your hand and you can access social medias and all these places, I mean, I can't, the amount of input we have and and. I was in the 90s. This was really before, this was before a smartphone. This was just me seeing magazine covers of the world that I was immersed in. And back then it was a fitness world and people were getting implants. And so it was in front of my face all the time. Now, you don't have to be in the fitness world at all to get inundated with images, ads, media, media hype, whatever it is that is telling you what is the current look to be loved. So, are we being shamed as a culture of women um, on the daily? Yes. We 100% are our daughters being shamed? Yes, on the daily, which is why we fight not with flesh and blood. We we have these weapons in the spiritual and we begin to our belief that God has fought and won for something. We already have been won, we've already been purchased, we've already been bought that shame can't even stand in the presence of God's love. I wasn't loved enough by God when I got these I had not let him love me to the totality of where he has loved me today. I was on a journey. And so I say that to some of you again, you're considering this or anything enhancement, change of yourself to find that look to be loved. And the Lord knows And maybe you're hearing this podcast for a reason today. Um, It's hard to unknow once you know. But I can tell you, if I could grab you by the face and put your cheeks in my hands, I would tell you that the Lord would say, you don't have to do this. And he's with you. And he knows he just knows and he's kind and he's patient. He is patient and he is kind. And that's why we all need to just be no judgment zone for people, especially when it comes to this, because are we free for this? Yeah, we have free will. And there are there are every choice has a consequence. Every decision we make has an action to it. And the Lord, in his grace and mercy, does work it out. But I think we need to all turn and fight the right battle. And we should absolutely know and be aware that we are being shamed. That there is a a shame culture that is also objectifying women. You guys. Super Bowl 2020. (laughs) That's all I have to say about that. I'm going to say it. We've got to fight the right fight and focus our eyes on the things that are eternal matter. 2 Corinthians 4, 16 through 18 tells us, don't look to the things that are seen. Those seen things are temporal. It's the unseen things that are eternal. And that there is a weight of glory that surpasses this pressing pressure we feel right now. There's something greater that God will use if we can learn to breathe feel the pressure, observe our thoughts, and pick up the truth, it says you don't have to do that. You're not a slave to the ideas or the ideals of the world. We do not belong to this world. You're so much better than it. You're so much greater than it. You are a answer for the problems of this world. But when we begin to bend ourself to the bend our knee to the idol or the altar of beauty we will lose pieces of ourself that by god's grace thank god he never loses track of but we will lose track of ourselves and i would say that's what happened to me for the next 15 years losing a little bit of myself finding a little bit of myself losing a little bit of self finding a little bit of myself And I'll talk more about that. I'm encouraging you today with the first part of this story just to say, notice. (laughs) Notice how you're being sold a bad bill of goods. That you are already good. We also need to back up. I want to just go, this is just the culture now. Once upon a time, you know we didn't even have mirrors. (laughs) Isn't that amazing? We didn't have mirrors women would go to the wells they would go to the water and see their reflection that was as close as you get now we are intrigued to see ourselves and i think that's okay like the lord's like yeah i want you to see what i see you see how beautiful you are do you see your eyes do you see it's not me you know i went to africa um around this uh 2000 gosh maybe six or so and the first time I had been there, and you know what they loved the most the kids at the schoolyard would love is your camera. And this was before we had smartphones, so I actually had a camera. And if you took a picture, and then they would see themselves, it would be this, ah, like this just joyful, boisterous outburst of, ah. And they smiled. They loved it. Like, that's me. <laughs> They'd never see themselves. There's no mirrors this isn't as, you know, like for us today with the amount of selfies and cameras and things. We see ourselves so much that we've gone from, "ha" ah, to, "uh." We got to get back to, ah, oh, it's amazing. <laughs> it's amazing that we could see what the Lord sees. And you know what? I'm just going to say it. The world needs to see all kinds of beauty. Do not conform to the patterns or the cup size of the world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Show something to somebody that they've never seen before. A woman who is free. Nothing more contagious. Nothing. I I truly believe that women being free brings life on the earth Like nothing we've seen. Men fully alive, yes, but I feel women are the life carriers. And when we come alive to the life we have in our bodies, we display a glory that amplifies, electrifies, and brings people back to their fullness. We are the seed of life. We bear seed, we bear hope. And when we can take it for our own life, then we can give it away to others. there was an invitation by the Lord 15 years later to remove my implants. I'm going to talk more about that in the next episode of what that looked like, because I'll tell you what, I didn't let go easily. (laughs) It was a little bit of a tug of war, but he's so good. And he's so kind. I look back at my friend's eyes. uh, What Lisa said. And the Lord knew. He would not leave me or forsake me. That it was going to take some time. And I'm so grateful. That he is not a bully. And he doesn't push us that he waits and he's not slow as some would count slowness when it comes to fulfilling his promises i just love him i love him (laughs) i love him i love him i don't care who knows it obedience Is a process of wearing down those very hard edges. And God is really good at tumbles and rumbles with us because every time we fall down, it rubs off one of those tough edges. Psalm 34 5 or Psalm 34 4 says, I sought the Lord and he answered me and delivered me from all my fears. Those who look to him are radiant. And their faces or their bodies shall never be ashamed. (laughs) And I will say, I know that I can look back now and say that shame was there. I didn't know it, but I definitely, I didn't know shame was a part of it because shame was telling me I was wrong. I didn't have the right look. But fear I know was there. I was living on a fear, a fear message of I won't be an accepted trainer if I don't do this. I won't, I'm going to look like a boy the rest of my life. A fear that I wouldn't be loved, a fear that I wouldn't be accepted, that I can absolutely put my finger on the fear the fear and so however that's showing up for you today and maybe for some of you it's not even have anything to do with cosmetic surgery or changing your body but there's fear present i would ask you to take a breath and acknowledge the fear that it's there you know it's there to to teach you something but look to see where shame is (laughs) because god's word says that he delivers us from our fears and that when we look to him, when we look to him, bing, that, that's where we see our true self. I will know God, the, I will know myself more than when I know him more. I will see myself more when I see him more. We are reflections of one another. So once upon a time we looked in water and then a mirror and then a camera and then over and over and over again we're looking at ourselves Let's get back to the joy of <sighs> seeing a picture of yourself and wonder and amazement of what God has made and called good. All right, friends, next next time we talk, I'll take you to the next place in my life of the obedience to the call of obedience. I don't even know if I would even call it obedience. I look back and I just see it was the call of love to return and to have the implants removed thank you lord for this time i pray for everyone who heard this message that it would soften their heart to your smile i pray right now they would see your smile and your kind eyes and your your warmth of your embrace that tells every daughter and son who is feeling shame about their bodies that they do not have to listen to that junk that you would grab them by the heartstrings and pull them close and do your wonder making work inside of them. Thank you that every day of our lives were written in your book and there's nothing about us that shocks us or surprises you and that you are coming for us all the time as we look to you. We see you and you see us and you run to us before we can ever pick up our feet to meet your speed thank you for this time. Bless bodies, heal our bodies, heal our minds, heal our souls, and heal our wills and emotions, Lord, that they would match your heart. In Jesus' name, amen.